welcome to the Rich Girl Stuff podcast powered by Rich Girl Floral. <sighs> I don't know if I'm ready for this one, guys, but we're going to tackle it. You know, today we're going to dive deep into a topic we've all dealt with, um, but sometimes when you're going through it, you feel so all alone. Um, today we're going to talk about best friend heartbreaks, not relationships, not spouses or significant others, not, you know, the person you're dating. We're talking about best friends, you know, the person that you trust with your secrets, your, this is your children's godparents. This is the the person you support their small business. Uh, you tell them you love them before you hang up the phone. We're talking about best friends, not just acquaintances and how sometimes our hearts get broken at the end of those friendships. Best friend heartbreaks. Have you ever had one of those friendships that, you know, go south? And listen, I, I lost a best friend about a year and a half ago. Um, still kind of hard. It, it was like a sister to me, you know. She was definitely like a sister to me. We went everywhere together. Um, we took so many photos. I was like, girl, listen, people are going to start thinking we're dating. <laughs> have to stop taking so many pictures together every picture we were in together I I can honestly say this is a person that I love then I love now Um, and so when that friendship broke up it honestly hurt like it hurt I literally cried at how I felt how I felt hurt you know of course it always feels like betrayal and I didn't talk about that for nearly a year First of all, just because of pride, you know, sometimes we hold things in due to pride, but also I didn't even know how to process that with it just being a friendship. I didn't know, how, I didn't. I couldn't even understand why a friendship hurt that bad um, as it ended. And I know I'm not the only one that's been through this before. So we threw this topic out on social media and got a ton of responses, um, a lot of DMs. And so thank you for your stories and your, uh, you know, raising your hand like, hey, me too. I went through that too. This is definitely something that needs to be put out there. and We need to talk about it. How do we get through this? Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I'm not going to tackle this one alone. Um, Because like I said, I'm still kind of in my feelings. I'm (laughs) not going to tackle this topic alone. Today I have a couple of the rich girls on with me to make it more of a fun topic. And they have some stories to share as well. So today I have Tammy and Lydia who are going to tackle this with me. So I'm going to go out and bring them on. So sit back and relax. If you have similar stories to ours, we want to hear your story. We want to hear from you. So DM us, leave us a message on social media, add a add a statement in our post. We want to hear your story and how did you get through it? Like, how do you survive um, that kind of heartbreak? Welcome to the Rich Girl Stuff Podcast. All right, guys, we are here with Rich Girl Lydia. Say hi, Lydia. Hi, everyone. Don't be all shy. Say hi, Lydia. And Miss Tammy, say hi, Rich Girl Tammy. Hello, everyone. <laughs> now, these girls, we've been friends for years. Lydia, I don't know if you remember how we met. We had a mutual friend, and I remember he was like, oh, you know, you got to meet Lydia. You guys would, like, cling so well. You'd be the best of friends if you meet. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, I got enough friends. I don't need no new friends. And I met Lydia 
through work as a client because she was selling something that my company needed. And we have been friends ever since. I remember I'd be like, hey, Lydia, you know, because it, it was a product and then we would resell the product. And I'm like, our sales are really down low this month. I think we should go to lunch and talk about that. <laughs> And we did, and it worked. And it worked. And in months, I'd be like, hey, Lydia, we did like a blockbuster job, and our sales are up. I think we should go to lunch and talk about that. <laughs> I think we should go to Celebrate. lunch and talk about that. Yeah. And so we had so many work lunches and just became the best of friends over time and, and have been through stuff together. You know, I don't even know how many years it's been now. I'm sure well over 10. Thank you for inviting me. I am um, touched that you would consider me <laughs> for your podcast. So thank you. Thank you very much. And then we have rich girl, Tammy, Tammy. That I feel like Tammy is like the baby of the group. Like she is literally, like what you see is what you get. People see Tammy and they're like, oh my gosh, she's so cute and she's so sweet. This is the sweetest person I know. Like she's literally the sweetest person. <laughs> You owe me $20 for this. Remember, you pay me this. <laughs> so Tammy's like one of the sweetest people. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, we've been friends. We met through a mutual friend some years ago and kind of kept in touch. You know, we would see each other at the gym and things. And all of a sudden, I look up and Tammy lives down the street. So I literally introduce her as Tammy from down the street. Like, I'm so excited <laughs> that she's my neighbor now and that we get to go to lunch. So if you ever see me out to lunch or to dinner, you will probably see Tammy as well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I think we're going to have a lot of fun uh, with this topic today. Okay, ladies, let's dive in. So, you know, even though we're talking about best friend heartbreak, that, you know, this definitely isn't an episode where we're talking about other people. It's more so an episode where we're talking about us. Like, how are we choosing our friends? Um, who is choosing us as friends and why? You know, I, I saw something on social media that. And it was like a quote that someone posted. And basically they were saying like, some people wouldn't even speak to you if you weren't in your winning season. Like if you didn't have the nice job, if you didn't drive the cute car, if you didn't have all the connections, they wouldn't even speak to you. And you have to learn how to identify those people. Cause sometimes you have those people in your circle and you're calling them best friend. And if you weren't who you were, or if you didn't have the things that you had, or, you know, if you weren't in the relationship that you were in, they wouldn't even speak to you. And that it really makes you evaluate, you know, who you allow into your life um, closely. So how are you picking your friends? Like who is choosing you and why are they choosing you? And maybe that's the source of some of the best friend heartbreak that we feel, how, you know? And once you, you see the toxic traits in people, like how do you know when it's time to walk away? Um, versus when it's a friendship that you should fight for. Like some things, sometimes you're going to get mad at your best friend. I don't think y'all have ever been mad at me. Have y'all ever been mad at me before? Mm -hmm. Say no. That's no. The, <laughs> that's I don't, that's the, no, I really don't. I don't think we've ever been mad at each other to that point to where it's like, hey, I don't want to talk to that person um, anymore. So, but some friendships get to that point. And it's like, how do you, how do you know when you should fight for it? Just like in a relationship versus hey, this is too much for me and I really need to walk away from that friendship. Um, 
So let's dive in. I I have questions. I want to know, like, Lydia, I'll start with you. How many best friends do you think you've ever had in your life? Like, how many best friends have you went through in your lifetime? And how many do you have now? I was going to say, are you asking best friends that I've lost or best friends that I have Even that in this you moment. still have. How many, how many people on this earth have you called your best friend before? Um, really, it's been three. Like okay. three people. Okay. Um, as, and I'm, you know, at this age in my life, I've, I can say that I've referred to three people as my best friend. Nice. Yeah. Have you, do you have best friends that you've had before those three? No. Okay. okay. No. I mean, I don't, one of them I don't have anymore, but yeah, that's. And and how long were you friends with each of those three people? Okay, so one was a lifelong friendship, um, my sibling. Um, we had, obviously, you know, we were only a year apart and um, uh, like sisters that we are, we grew up together. So, and I considered her my very best friend pretty much my entire life so she was actually your biological sister then she is yes that's correct um and up until I was in my early 40s actually when um our relationship fell apart wow I lost my best friend she was the original best friend she was the reason I didn't really have many women friends um I didn't feel like I needed women friends I felt like she filled every need in front of a friendship that I had up until that time honestly and I did have other friends and those are the other two that I'm referring to now prior I mean during our friendship my sister's friendship obviously um I had two other ones and that's you know that's pretty much they're still good friends of mine and I do consider them really good friends obviously as I've gotten older and friendships like ours have developed, I've learned, you know, that it's possible to have other best friends. Wow. Yeah. That's deep because a lot of people, especially sisters, like I have sisters and we're very close. Um, but I've seen like sisters that grow up like even living together and in college they share rooms together. And I always wish my sisters and I were closer in age so that we can have that kind of experience and like live together and be going out and dating and things like that. And we just, you know, I'm so much older than them um, that I guess they don't want to do that. I don't think that's too fun. (laughs) That's not fun when you're the big sister and and, they're like, no, 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 no. And that's a very fair point because my sister and I were only one year apart. So it didn't really feel like there was a huge difference um, in our lives. You know, we were hitting the same stages of puberty and high school and marriage and children Mm -hmm. pretty much around the same time. So you only get your relationship and your friendship only grows stronger mm-hmm. as you go through different stages of life yeah. and that that happened with us naturally so your your strong your your biggest best best friend heartbreak was a sister like yes that's unique correct okay. yes that's and unique it, it, it literally felt like like heartbreak yeah mm-hmm. that's unique we're gonna come back to that i want to we're definitely gonna dive into that a little bit as we talk about how heartbreak feels and how do you get over that? And wow, like I'm I'm talking about a best friend that was, you know, someone that I grew close to. I can't even imagine it being 
my sister, like to, you know, to be heartbroken through family, because that can have a lot of different ramifications. But I'm going to ask the same question to Rich Girl Tammy that we asked to Lydia. How many best friends have you had in your lifetime? And how many best friends do you have now? Um, in my lifetime, I would say four. And now I have three. I have about three now that I would say. I have one best friend that I've, I've known for, my son is 27, so 27 years. I've known her since I was pregnant with my son. Aw. Yeah, and um, I have you guys. I consider you guys my best friends as well because we're yeah. pretty, we stay pretty tight. Yeah. Um, thick, thick as thieves is a whole theme thieves. with this. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> this group. Beware. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I would say I would say I have three now. Nice. Now, have you ever lost a best friend? Like, do you have someone that used to be a best friend that's no longer in that lineup? I do. So I I have um, I I still love her to death, but I I I have a a friend of mine that I consider the best friend that I. I would say I felt like I was putting more into the relationship than she was. There was no reciprocation on, you know, returning phone calls or trying to hang out together. Because mm-hmm. um, as my friend, I do, I'm very protective. I'm very loving. I like to spend time with my friends. As you can tell, I like to spend time <laughs> with you guys. And so, um, you know, it was just a battle. And I did it for, I did it for quite a few years um, until I just kind of got tired of it. Yeah. And, and I kind of fell back. I still love her to death, love her, the, you know, for who she is, but it just is, there's a disconnect there. So when you say like no reciprocation, like expand on that, like, is it just like, oh, I want to spend time with you and you don't want to spend time with me? Or is it, you know, sometimes we have the girlfriends where it's like, hey, I've paid for Starbucks for the last quarter and you, <laughs> you've never bought my Frappuccino. Like, you know, what, you know, how does that work for you? Um... In terms of our relationship, it was more, you know, me trying to, I would give her a call and she wouldn't call me for three weeks. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And I would come to y'all's house. Like, I. (laughs) first of all, I would like to mention that we also track each other's location at all. (laughs) Our friendship is a weird one. But I would come to y'all's house if y'all did not return my phone call for three weeks or or probably three hours. I get that and I you know I think one of the one of the things that I learned about her is um she is just used to being by herself yeah and so she hadn't had very many close girlfriends Mm -hmm. um and so she was just used to kind of disappearing and picking back up the friendship when she felt like it yeah and and that just didn't work for my personality so yeah you know So how do you, you know, in relationships, I feel like, because that brings up a good point. In relationships and when we're looking for a person to date or a spouse, we have like this checklist of, hey, uh uh-uh, I don't want this. I don't want that. I'm not dealing with this. Now, what a man has to have for me is X, Y, Z. And we won't list those things on the podcast. (laughs) If you follow me on social media, the DMs are hot enough. We're not going (laughs) to... We're not going to list those things on podcasts. But do you do that with friendships? Like, do you guys feel like you have a list of no-goes for friendships? Like, hey, I met this person and she's really cool and I would like to hang out with her. But dang, she has something on my no-go list. I wouldn't say that I have a list, but I do do think that just like in dating men, Mm -hmm. when you 
encounter somebody that you're like, oh, this person might be cool. When you see red flags or you get that bad energy, like um, Lydia was mentioning earlier, listen. Yeah. Listen to to your intuition. Yeah. You know, um, acknowledge the red flags. Talk to them about it if you think it's worth it. But I do think that, you know, people will show you who they are. Absolutely. Believe them the first time. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're in for heartbreak. So do you feel like in that friendship, there were red flags that you ignored? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I believe in giving people second chances. Mm-hmm. And I will hold on to a friendship for yeah. dear life. Because it's, especially when you get older, it's hard as a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know how men are. But as a woman, it's hard to find really, really good girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And so... um you know, I thought she was a cool person. She mm-hmm. still is a cool person. She's just used to being by herself. So yeah. I I wanted to love on her enough. Yeah. And show her, you know, we can be cool. Like, you can call me. Yeah. You know, whatever you need, I'm there for you. And and I was. But at some point, you have to kind of protect yourself. One thing I would, I would add is, especially coming from my temperament, which I know is very different than both of yours, because I tend to be a lot more... Um, I tend to be a lot more, you know, protective and and I don't open up easily to people. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd be shocked at how many people (laughs) believe that I am not a social person at all. Like that's not who I am. But that is one of the cues for me of friendship. You were asking about, Mm -hmm. you know, who do you let in? How do you know who to become friends with? And for me, the process is very much almost like being in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. or falling in love mm-hmm. in terms of it takes some time. There are mm-hmm. stages to this friendship, uh, to friendship levels. And I'm very comfortable referring to people as acquaintances because not everybody is allowed all the way in right. for me. Right. Um, I'm very particular about that. Um, and while I can do acquaintances very easily mm-hmm. you know part of it's, it's part of my job mm-hmm. I have to interact with people on a regular basis but friendship for me is on a completely different level yeah and you mentioned how long we've known each other yeah but it although we felt I felt the vibes immediately mm-hmm. you're a cool person I like yeah. your energy thank we, you Lydia you're welcome <laughs> we got along right away <laughs> but um, it still for me is very much a process. Yeah. I, I that doesn't happen easily. So obviously, from Tammy's standpoint, mm-hmm. you called her the baby. I'm thinking she's the baby because she's <laughs> newer to me. Yeah, you know, not yeah. to you, but yeah. she's newer to me. However, the energy was there. Yeah, and it was right in terms of developing that friendship mm-hmm. and and putting that trust out there, which mm-hmm. isn't easy for anyone. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, but particularly for somebody like me, I tend yeah. to be way more guarded. I tend to always just be mindful of my surroundings mm-hmm. and those who are in my immediate surroundings. So, you know, that ability to open up to someone mm-hmm. and feeling safe in that space mm-hmm. is is absolutely, you know, a must for me. I absolutely. can't I can't do that or have a friendship like that. They're, they're, I have to feel that way. So those vibes are there. Um, and that's a rare thing for me. I don't, I don't, I don't have that happen to me very often. And I feel like that's important. You have to have that balance. Cause you know, I went through a time where I called everybody my best friend, you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 
listen, if I had an employee and I couldn't remember their name, I called them best friend. Hey, bestie. Good morning, bestie. I am horrible at remembering names. Like, <laughs> so I would, I would call everybody best friend. Like, hey, bestie. And I had to learn through experiences with, with actual best friends. And, you know, honestly, with people kind of taking things too far that, okay, everyone isn't your best friend. Everyone isn't your bestie. And sometimes when you go around calling people friends so easily, like I'm a super social person. I love everybody. I really, yes, I know this. <laughs> I really do. And my friends have this thing where they're like, listen, it sounds harsh. They don't mean it as harshly as they say, it, but they're like, no strays. Don't be bringing no strays. <laughs> Can't let everybody into the don't, circle. Don't be bringing those strangers. Up. I do not meet a stranger. Like everyone I meet, like at, at the airport. airport. Tammy and I were at the airport, and now I have a new friend named Tammy that lives in Memphis. We have we took selfies together. We still share pictures on text message. I don't know what her last name Good is. Example. That's a great example. <laughs> I don't know what her last name is, but Tammy from Memphis, if you're listening, I still love you. Like <laughs> we had we met at the airport, sitting at Papado's having lunch. And now she's a friend. Like now she's, (laughs) we're thinking about going on vacation. But, and I have to watch that with myself because I know that sometimes I can be so super friendly with people and I let them in so quickly. I need a little more of what you have. Like I need to grade them better. It, you know, if it was a guy, I wouldn't do that. If I met a guy at the airport, I wouldn't be so quick to give him my number and be exchanging selfies and talking about flying all over the country together. I just have a little more discernment than that. So with friendships, we have to learn to protect our hearts as well. Um, Now, on the flip side of this conversation, guys, I don't like when I meet people, you know, I meet women and they're like, oh girl, I don't hang with other girls. I don't hang with chicks. I don't like chicks. Chicks are messy, you know. That's why I think this earns a discussion because when you don't process it all the way, when you don't dive into it and figure out, hey, what am I doing or not doing that's leading to me having some of these toxic friendships? Now, some heartbreak is just inevitable. It's the same as with the relationship. That This is just, you know, the luck of the draw. Sometimes you're going to get a friendship that doesn't work out. And it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong or that the person did anything wrong. Sometimes it's just not a long-term fit. Sometimes you're you're honestly just trying to make a seasonal person into a long-term friendship and that wasn't their role um, in your life. But I feel like so many people are hurt by these friendships that then they're like, hey, no new friends. I don't need anyone new in my life. I don't need any friends. It's just me against the world. And you miss out on so many experiences when you shut yourself off to anything. You know, you miss out on so many opportunities. I've met so many new people just in the last year or two who have been a blessing to my life. Like new people that I met have been the foundation of Rich Girl Floral. Like honestly, like that's where I've gotten so many floral clients from. So if I was to say, well, nope, because I got my heart broke, you know, by a best friend a year and a half ago, so no new friends. And I don't open up and talk to people. And I don't, I'm not woman friendly. And when I walk into a room and I see another woman, I'm like, oh, uh-uh, I'm gonna go sit over here, you know, by myself. Then I would have missed out on some of the most beautiful, amazing people in the world. So so my urging is like, let's not do that. When When you have a bad relationship with a guy, hopefully, you don't ward off all guys. When a man has a, a bad relationship with a woman, 
Hopefully, he doesn't say, I'll never date women again. You say, I'll never date that woman again. And you go and you find someone who's a better fit for you. I think one of the things also is, um, in terms of what you just said, is is to enjoy life in its fullness. Yes. So learn from your, mis- not mistakes, but uh-huh. learn from the people that have hurt you or uh-huh. the things you didn't like about that certain person. Uh-huh. And just be aware, more aware of who you meet mm-hmm. and, and their character. Mm-hmm. And then you make a decision on whether you want to deal with them long term mm-hmm. or if they're just somebody there for a season, like you said, because not everybody's meant to be in your life forever. Right. Some people are meant to be in your life to teach you a lesson. Yeah. And that lesson is meant to prepare you for something else in the future. So you just got to remember that live life to its fullest yeah. and don't be so guarded And, you know, life is meant to enjoy. I do know that there's things that I've learned about myself um, as I've matured. That's like, oh, yeah, that I probably wasn't the best friend when I did that. Or I probably, you know, when I said that, I could have said it in a better way. um, That was less hurtful to my friend, because one of the things I'm extremely direct And if you hurt my feelings, I'm going to say, hey, you hurt my feelings. Like, I didn't like what you said. It was foul. You hurt my feelings. It made me feel this way. And so in being a person who is very direct, I've learned that sometimes, and and someone even told me this recently, that's not your truth to tell. Like, if I'm your best friend, I feel like, hey, if you do something foul as your best friend, I'm supposed to tell you, hey, that is ugly. Listen, your baby stinks, whatever, you know, (laughs) whatever that truth is. And, and someone told me recently, and it really made me think about it, like, hey, not only is that not your truth to tell, this may not have been the time for that truth. Because you have to be sensitive to where people are in their life and what's happening in their world also. And sometimes we disguise animosity and meanness and jealousy even as keeping it real. And we're like, well, I'm just a person to keep it real. And I'm just going to tell you how it is because I love you. And as your friend, I'm just going to keep it real and tell you. Well, sometimes that is misplaced anger and jealousy. That's misplaced judgment that we put on other people. That's also not a good, that's also not your friend. It's not, it's not. Right. Because I'm friends with people that are going to tell me the truth. Right. Absolutely. I, I want you to be as crystal clear that I'm messing up on something or, you know, that's not the way to do it or how it looks. Right. I really don't care what people think of me or what I'm doing, but if I'm doing something wrong, I do expect my friends to tell me. But I want to tell you out of love. Like I I want to tell you out of love. Right. So if I see that you're hurting behind something, it out of love, there's a certain way I'm going to tell you that you're doing something wrong, that it's not going to hurt you further. And to me, that's the difference in keeping it real and being honest and transparent with your friends. So, yeah, I'm going to tell you, hey, Tammy, babe, I care about you and I see that you're doing this. And have you thought about like, you know, what is that going to do long term? You know, I'm going to try to come to you from the most caring position ever. And I may not be able to tell you that the day it happens because you may not be ready to receive it the day it happens. I have to be sensitive to that. Um, but a person that's like, Hey, I don't care. Whatever. They mad. They mad. Well then that may not be, you know, coming to that person out of love. So, so when we have these heartbreaks from friendships, 
just like when you have heartbreak from a bad relationship, I think one of the things that's so healthy for us to do is to go back and be honest with ourselves and say, yeah, that person was toxic and I don't like what they did to me. And they put me in a bad situation. They told all my stuff. Uh, the stuff they did to me was messed up, you know, that that hurt. But what something I could have done better was this, you know, some the things I should have done better was that maybe I could have been clearer about, and this isn't every situation. This is not a blanket statement. There are some people that are just not going to treat you well, no matter how well you treat them in a friendship. And we understand that. Um, but as mature adults, it's healthy to go back and say that friendship ended rough for me and it hurt me. But did I also hurt that person? Like, are there things that I probably owe that person an apology for? Or are there things I could have done better in that friendship? And if not, then congratulations. You were probably a really great friend to that person. But a lot of times there are things that we did that contributed. Or or there were times that we weren't honest, that we could have been a little more honest with that person. And maybe it could have turned the tides Um in that friendship. I don't know. I just try to think about that. Like why, why did it end? Did I play a part in that? And, and just because you played a part in it doesn't mean you want to fix it, but you know, that's a good point because it's, it's perspective, right? So, so if, if we're having, um, a debate on whatever it may be, and maybe I said something that rubbed you the wrong way, it has Mm -hmm. to do with communication as well. So I need to communicate to you like that hurt my feelings when you said X, Y, Z, because I'm going through something right now and somebody yesterday told me I was a right you know whatever what they say Tammy we're gonna get them listen (laughs) (laughs) me and Lydia are ready for the fight I know that's why you're my girl we we got time today (laughs) we do we do we always have time we got time (laughs) but you know it's just it's it's always perspective because Mm -hmm. um I think most people sit in their own feelings and where they where they see themselves coming from their their perspective but not really looking at like you can look at a person when you're talking to them Mm -hmm. and tell by their body language their facial expressions whether they're receiving what you're saying in a negative way or if they're like okay I get it I agree with you what have you So if you see that it's happening and and they're receiving it in a negative way, then you need to kind of give more detail and explain like, you know, I didn't mean it the way it came out or whatever. If you, if you want to retain that friendship or if you don't want to hurt that person's feelings, because nobody wants to damage another person. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want to do that. It used to be years before I could have this conversation and not immediately get emotional and my eyes well up with tears and then I'm like done yeah I'm I'm better now but it's come with a lot of hard work and a lot of therapy honestly um so you know you just get through it and I started thinking about it I was like I am not ready I'm not ready to dive into that topic because that was some, you know, a best friend is someone that's so close to you. That's so... That's heartbreak. Yeah. That is literally It is heartbreak. heartbreak. And it's it was, so sensitive. Well, but it's been six years for me. Yeah. It's only been yeah. a year or so for you. Yeah. It's taken me probably three... It took me like two or three years to get to where yeah. it wasn't that heart-wrenching. Yeah. And I literally felt that pain in my chest. That's why it's called heartbreak. Yeah. Because you feel this extremely taxing pain and, yeah. and 
weight on your chest. Yeah. That something is so wrong and it hurts so much. You literally feel it in your heart. And I felt that for a very long time. And I think we all have the question of like, you know, especially for people that you feel like, wow, you really showed your butt. Like you really turned on me. You really, you know, changed this thing up. It's like, how could you do that? You know, I can't imagine it being a sister with the heartbreak, you know. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I'm, I'm very close to my sister and I can't imagine her doing yeah. something like that. I I can't imagine it being a sister. Even, it, you know, with my situation, it hurts. I don't know if that person was sitting here today, I honestly probably could not have that conversation with them without breaking into tears. Like... Mm-hmm. Because there's so much that you put into a friendship. Like, yeah. so for it to be a sister, that was lifelong. You know, for me and this person, it was over 10 years. So you put so much into that. You put so much trust, so much faith. You know, you put all your secrets, your dreams about the future, how you really feel about everybody else. Like, yeah. You- <laughs> well, and, you know, you think about you think about everything that you've given. It... it It's an investment. That is an investment. Well, and of course, when you're a child and you're growing up together, you don't think of it that way at all Um, until I've obviously gotten older and and experienced that. What it did, which I think was part of the the significant amount of trauma was it really had you question, had me questioning my own judgment and what did I miss and what did I not see Mm -hmm. throughout this entire time. So, so I am, I consider myself an excellent judge of character. Yeah. I mentioned vibes. I feel them or I don't feel them. I'm in or I'm out. There's no, you know, I'm, it's very cut and dry with me in a lot of situations. for, for that to happen to me with somebody that was closest to me, you know, they always, you always hear that term, love is blind. Yeah. And it doesn't just apply to your mate or your lover mm-hmm. or your husband or whatever, where you can't see their faults. I truly understood that about a two years after that heartbreak for me yeah. is I really started to see, I didn't see these things. Yeah. Um, how did, how could I have missed the signs? Because I consider myself such a great judge of character. Yeah. So then you start thinking, am I crazy? Did yeah. I, did I miss it? How could I not have seen that this was there? Because yeah. then other people that were around the relationship were like, we saw it the entire time. How right. could you have missed it? Right. And I'm like, really? And so right. then that just throws me for an even bigger loop because yeah. How did I not know? Like, I'm me. I know my stuff. So I completely missed that because I loved her. I loved her with everything. Love is blind. It really is. It is. It is. Even in friendships, love is blind sometimes. You know, the same thing with me. You know, you know, even guys that I would date would say little stuff like, mm, I think you need to watch out for this person. I'm like, no, that's my best friend. Like, if I'm down for you, I'm down for you. That is my best friend. There's nothing that anyone else could say that would contradict how I feel about you. Because I'm your best friend. I know you better than anyone else knows you. And I feel like, you know, through that process, through the process of losing these friendships, we do... The same as with relationships, you build up a system of red flags where it's like, okay, this person hurt me and they wore yellow shirts every day. Like, <laughs> not yellow shirts. I'm mean, use that example. Yeah. This person hurt me and they wore yellow shirts every day. So I'm going to stay away from every person I see with yellow shirts on because that's the stuff that hurts. And this person hurts me 
and and they had a really short haircut like Tammy's. No. <laughs> <laughs> watch, out, watch out for those pixie watch cut out for girls. those pixie cut girls. <laughs> they had a really short haircut and they hurt me. So now I don't hang with chicks, Tammy, that have really short haircuts because those are the chicks that hurt me in the past. And part of that's healthy because part of that is our us learning from our life experiences. So part of that's healthy. Part of that is you you building up the system that makes your intuition what it is. Because now you know some of the things that can hurt you. What hurt looks like when it's on its way to you and it hasn't quite gotten to you yet. These are the red flags. You've built up a system. Okay, I've picked up this red flag because I was in that friendship and it hurt me. And the one thing I remember about that friendship is before she hurt me, she did this. And I picked up this red flag because see, that was my homeboy and he took my girlfriend, you know, if you're a guy, not from my perspective, if you're a guy and hey, that was your homeboy and he stole your girlfriend and see, you noticed this little stuff, but you ignored it. Now that's a red flag. When your homeboys do this, they can't be trusted. And so that's a red flag and you build that into your system. And by the time we are our age and we're in our forties and some of us are, you know, a lot of our listeners are in their forties and they're in their fifties. You've built up such a system of red flags, though. You're way, you're way down. You it's are way-, way down. The thing that you're doing to protect yourself becomes a weight that you carry because you haven't let that stuff go. Because you haven't let the pain go. And listen, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. I told you, I, if that person walked in the room right now, I would probably cry like a baby. I'd probably say some cuss words. I still got some stuff. <laughs> I would probably <laughs> to let say off them my with chest. you. <laughs> I still got some stuff to let off my chest. God ain't finished with me yet. But it's a weight that you carry. So this isn't a podcast to talk about those other people and how they're so bad for us. It's really to remind you to let go of that weight. You have to let go of that hurt. You have to, so it's okay. We've we've all done this and we've built up the system of red flags and I got 25 of them right now. Like if I look at a chick and she look like this, she walk like this, she talk like this, this the music she listened to. I can't be her friend. (laughs) Cause that's what the other chick did that broke my heart. So at what point though, do I start unloading that baggage? So that just in case I meet a a person that could be my absolute best friend and you have the same favorite song as her and you wear yellow shirts like she wore yellow shirts, I don't miss out on the opportunity to have someone great in my life. Like, how do we let go of that? Like, how do we rebound from that heartbreak and start, you know, so I'll tell a short story. I dated a narcissist before. And if it, I didn't even know what a narcissist was, child. That's a whole. <laughs> now look at us. That's we're experts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. If you don't know what a narcissist is. Tune you know. in next week. <laughs> <laughs> so I dated a narcissist before. And thankfully, I only dated him short term. But, you know, once you've done that they are so good at deception and at being charming. And one thing I learned from dating a narcissist is that the very things that narcissists do that let you know that, oh, this person may be extremely narcissistic, they're all, they're, the things they do is also the exact same stuff a good guy would do. They do all the stuff a good guy would do. So then what does that do to you? When you meet a good guy, 
You're scared to date the good guy because he reminds you of the narcissist. You're scared to date the guy that buys you all the gifts and, you know, showers you with compliments and is so sweet and does anything you ask for because that's exactly what the narcissist does in the beginning. I know I, I read a book once. I, I'll have to tell you what the name of it is so you can put it in here later. But it was about narcissists and it talks about if you're dating a narcissist, you almost have to go to counseling depending right, on how long right, you date right. them because you have to reprogram your brain yes. to not see everything nice, everything nice to be so narcissism. negative. Yeah. yeah. So then think about it's that. Into, it's so think about that in terms of friendships. So now you've had all these friendships. Over your lifetime, over your, your your childhood, over your adulthood, you've had all these friendships and some of them have went south for whatever reason. And so you've built up this system of red flags, but some of the very things we now associate with hurt and pain and, oh, I can't trust that chick because, you know, there are, a lot, for example, there are a lot of women that don't trust pretty girls. They don't trust a pretty girl. I don't want you in my house because the last boyfriend I had liked all the pretty girls, you know. So now that's a red flag for them. If you're a pretty girl, you can't be trusted. How silly is that? Like how how disorienting is that? We're doing something right. Right. Because right. we're all here right. and we've all ex- we've all experienced best friend heartbreak. That's right. But we're all here and we've gotten through that I think with each other. Yeah. With the other friendships that I've yeah. mentioned having for years and years. Yeah. Um and truly just taking every human being for their own exactly. characteristics Bingo. And, Bingo. and truly being aware that you know this is shalonda this right. is not so and so this is tammy this is not we are all each individual people and just like we don't like being categorized and being lumped into oh lydia's mexican so she's like all mexicans right. in right. that whatever you know right. whatever Absolutely. you tend to do we don't like being characterized that way right. and being pigeonholed or stereotyped. Right. It's the same thing. Same concept. Same so, thing. That's it. That's it's the same thing. Yeah. The things we build up as red flags may be stopping us from finding our next best friend. And okay, so maybe you don't want another best friend because the other one did you so horribly, but it may be stopping you from developing a friendship with someone who could really be a blessing to your life. If I if I let that other person stop me from wanting to hang out with women, then we wouldn't be here. And we probably wouldn't have rich girl stuff or rich girl floral or any of that stuff because mm. I'd be by myself. And Lord knows I couldn't you handle can't. it by myself. No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that much room in my car for all these, for all these flowers. <laughs> And you're at least three vehicles. We need three vehicles, a helicopter, and a minivan. I don't know how we do it. So, you know, we would definitely have missed out on friendships and opportunities. So to our listeners, I just want to encourage you, if you went through that and now you're like, hey, I know how to identify a person that may be harmful to my life. Make sure you haven't built up so many red flags in your system that you don't have room for something new, that you don't have room for hope and for joy and to meet new people and to have great experiences um, with those people that you meet. Now, I have a, I'm I'm just curious for you. How do you manage friendships now? So now that you've been through some friendship heartbreak, what are some tips that you have for people on how to better manage friendships to avoid that how to how to avoid toxic friendships now what i would say is if it feels if any aspect of hanging out with your friend or friends feels like work mm-hmm. like you have to go put on you know some brand name 
expensive label shoes, Mm -hmm. clothes, get your hair done and show out for them so that you feel accepted or you feel worthy of that friendship and you can't come in as your true self, if you're putting on any kind of airs or or, um, front, Mm -hmm. that's not real friendship. I feel like that is not, and I do that for my clients, for example, like I gotta put on heels and I gotta put on makeup and I gotta, you know, sit up straight Mm -hmm. and all of that when Mm -hmm. I'm working, when I'm working, it's my job. If you have to do that and take that approach with a friendship, Mm reevaluate that amen yeah you you that is yeah. not a friendship yeah. to you because you're putting so much work that's why my friendship with you all mm-hmm. is so relaxing and um you know i i can release and let go mm-hmm. of my stresses because i can come here be who i am yeah whether we're dressing up whether we're dressing down mm-hmm. whether we're just gonna sit here and and do this yeah. Whatever it is, it's not work for me. I'm yeah. looking forward to it and I'm right. like, I can't wait to see my girls so that I right. can do this. Mm-hmm. That's a very different feeling than I gotta look good, I gotta put on right. this, I gotta put on this mask and yeah. I gotta make sure that I'm saying the right things and that my job is going great and that I'm not in any kind of pain. Right. That isn't friendship. Right. I agree. I agree. I agree. Any any last tips for our friends? How do you enjoy friendship what what is one of the things tammy that you enjoy the most in this friendship um like i said just a minute ago just being able to be myself Mm -hmm. i think it's very relaxing and uh to lydia's point i think if you have to do anything outside of being yourself then how can you not be genuine with your real friends yeah I can be as genuine. I can have a bad day. I can tell you guys anything. You're going to be supportive, mm-hmm. you know, and come to my house if I need you. Yes. Like what, whatever and, and it is. And even when you don't invite us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing up for your view. Right, right. <laughs> Get used to that, please. Like, hello, I know you're not at home, but I am on your patio. <laughs> And your wine. Right. Could you, could you please bring more yeah, champs? Bring more wine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I think that's it. Yeah. I like it. Well, thank you guys for being my friends. Thank you for being my friends and kind of semi-business partners and helping me run Rich Girl <laughs> Stuff and Rich Girl Floral. It's funny to me that people will call, and I told a, a client this today, people will call to place an order for a flower arrangement and like ask for a certain person. Like, oh, well, now does Tammy do uh, the flower deliveries? <laughs> no, sir. You cannot kidnap Tammy today. She's <laughs> She is currently unavailable. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's the funniest thing, but I think that's the nicest thing that people feel so connected to all of us. And like, they feel like they know you, even though it's through social media, I love meeting new people. Like I love getting to know new people. You know, I feel like we're all super social and we all try to get on and like conversate with everybody. And now we have like this whole family of friends (laughs) that we've never met before in real life. So I hope we can meet you. I hope that this topic was a blessing for you. No, it's not the end. And we actually have a second part that may come out um, that I think will really help you if this was something useful to you. Um, We really just wanted to sit down and have the conversation to open you up, to tell you, hey, A, you're not alone. Other people have went through the same thing that you went through and the hurt that you feel is not unusual. It sucks losing a best friend. It really does. But the things we'd like for you to take away are don't let that stop you from making other friendships. Don't let that close your life off because everyone isn't the person that hurts you. 
Um, be genuine in your friendships. And anytime you're in a friendship where you feel like being genuine is not accepted, you're in the wrong friendship. Absolutely. Notice the red flags, but don't let that be the weight that keeps you from moving forward. Like, don't let that be a burden on you that you've collected so many friendship red flags that you can't open up and have hope for new friendships, that you can't let new people in. Some of the newest people in your life could be some of the biggest blessings in your life. So don't let that be a burden. Don't let it weigh you down. Go out there and have fun. You are a rich, beautiful person. And remember we talked about rich is not monetary wealth. Rich is made up of the things inside. You know, being a rich girl is all about what is inside of you, the confidence, the self-esteem, the faith, you know, the love that you have inside of you is what makes you rich. Monetary wealth fades. Your character, the things that are on the inside, stay with you forever. Those are the kind of rich girls we hang with. So continue to be rich. Continue to be a rich girl. We want you all to be a part of this movement with us. We're so glad that you took time out of your busy morning or your busy afternoon. We hope you had some wine for this topic because this one can kind of... (laughs) This one can kind of, we may need a deep we recession. We may, yeah. We, <laughs> wine would have made this dangerous. <laughs> but, you know, thank you so much for sharing this time with us and for coming on the podcast with us. We actually do really love you and we hope that this helped you. It helped us to, to get some things off of our chests. Have a good day. If you're not following us on Instagram, be sure to follow us at Rich Girl Floral. Thank you. Thank you.